welcome to Wielding Legacy. My name is Laura Payne Stanley, and this is your weekly audio insight because the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. As I said, this is an audio insight, and it's one for high achievers, for visionaries, for empire builders, and for power couples. You see, I know that you are here, already creating an impact in your industry. You are here building a legacy for you and your family. And it drives you, it occupies your mind. But through my work as a trusted advisor to extraordinary entrepreneurs, I know you aren't yet reaching your greatest potential in your business, your performance, and in your relationships. Now, I'm known with my clients, I am one of their loudest cheerleaders, believing in them often before they do. And yet, you can't enroll me in your legacy limiting story. I'm your biggest empowering challenger as well as you create your ultimate legacy. So this audio insight is called Wielding Legacy because, as I said, the key to unlocking your future lies in legacies. Welcome to today's episode. And this is all around how instant gratification and really the impact of it is impacting how you are creating your legacy. So you may or you may not know this about me, but in case you don't, I love an underdog and I love an underdog, especially when it comes to property. So an underdog is anyone people like just disregard, do not think it's going to do well. So Mr. P and I, my husband and my business partner, we're on our second full property renovation right now and it's complete. Uh, the home is sold and we are looking for what is our next project and also our next adventure. Now, when you're looking at renovating property, I'm going to talk to you a little bit in the abstract right now, because it's as much about unburdening yourself and your ego and your limitations and seeing the beauty of the masterpiece property that is within. And when you're looking at property to renovate, I get really nervous. And it isn't because of the sale or the profit or the project. It's about creating something that could have a longer lasting impact on future families, on future owners of the property. And they are going to give it a new soul and new memories. And it's because of when of this kind of part of how my mind works, that whenever I look at a property, fear is always with me. Fear if we can create the vision that I can see in my mind so clearly. Fear of how I actually translate that vision onto paper for people to understand. The fear of the existing soul of a property and whether that soul will actually evolve as a property does or it's kind of going to be in conflict. Now, what I mean by that is if you've ever gone into a property and there's a strange energy, that can be where the soul of the existing property and the renovation kind of don't mix together. There's also fear of being in service to the property and the fear of not being of service to my ego and letting my ego kind of kick in too much. You see, if I do my work well with a property, then the renovation of that property can outlive me. And maybe, just maybe, it can bring joy and it can bring a home, not just for the new owners, but for a community and the wider world. You see, that's the motivation for me behind property renovation, and it completely keeps me going. And somewhere along the way, a property makes a magical transformation. It goes from the pictures that you see online and in estate agents 
and realtors like paperwork that they give you with neglected walls and human handprints everywhere and whatever else you find to where it becomes a home, where it becomes a canvas for people to capture those new memories. And as such, I see property as a living work of art. But there's still another part to a journey for me when it comes to renovation. That when a renovation becomes more than a piece of art, becomes more than what you see on paper, and long after my involvement has ever been completed, it becomes a legacy for future people. For future people to imprint their soul, their laughter, their love onto that property. And in the renovation that we're currently in, it's sold. And sometimes I catch myself looking around this house and this house was, was, was kind of almost neglected, I would say. And it was neglected and had a soul and had a history. So we are only the second owners of this current property, which is just about to become a third owner soon. And the original owners, they'd bought it a husband and wife. And that husband and wife, had had two children. They weren't born on, this, born on this property as far as we're aware, but they grew up here. And they grew up here to adults. And this property, this house, had then unfortunately seen the wife pass on. And this once family home had then gone to being owned just by the husband. And it's quite a big house for one person. And so the house had started to almost shrink with the old man. He'd started living in not all of the rooms because he didn't need them. He'd started reducing what rooms he was in. He'd started reducing to not using upstairs that much and just using the downstairs. And so this house had a soul when we bought it. It had a history. It had love and laughter and a huge heap of sadness in the bones of this property. And sometimes thinking about that when I'm in the kitchen, the kitchen diner here used to actually be two rooms. And if you know English homes in the 70s, you used to have that loft hatch, well, kind of that hatch that you peekabooed in. Very strange. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, it's basically a solid wall. And there's, there's a very small hatch that normally had two doors that you opened between the kitchen and the dining room to like kind of pass food between. Very, very strange in a way. Don't know where that design element came from. But we had one of those. And I look at it thinking about those family dinners that happened in those two rooms. Well, now they're not even two rooms. Now they're one beautiful, glorious open space between them. You see, we removed a load-bearing wall, almost like the bones of a house, much like a human. You know, this wall was supporting the house. So that was like open heart surgery to change it. And that opened up the energy of the rooms. It changed the energy of the rooms because then it could be one big space for cooking, for socializing, and for people loving and laughing. And I remember the original yellow 70s four mica cabinets that were here when we first bought the property. And now we have big modern dark wood fixtures, but each piece from those four mica cabinets, the new pieces, they have this imprinted vibration of the laughter and the voices that have held all those different audiences in the spaces. And when I'm looking sometimes, I do wonder, as we are in this transition, we're about to move soon, 
what will the next family add to the soul of these rooms? You see, for me, I believe that property renovation can carry a powerful message when we consider legacy. Now, if you think about it in your home right now, are you looking for a disposable fix to make you feel good in the shortest time possible? You know, from buying an imitation print from Ikea that you can do in an incredibly short amount of time to implementing a 30-minute makeover hack to your walls. Or are you slowing down to create something that has soul, that has depth, that has a meaning, that has a legacy, that transcends maybe even you for your family? Now, legacy isn't linear. It doesn't have to have a predicted path. It can be cyclical. You see, when you think about it like this, you never know when hardship and the work that you do today becomes your wisdom of the future. So my question to you, if you think of the present day as a stewardship for the future, how are you using that stewardship? Are you seeking the instant gratification that the present day offers you? Do you feel drawn to it? And if you're a yes, if you are a yes, my friend, be kind to yourself. As instant gratification bias is something that is becoming more predominantly aware in society. And that's because the evolution of social media, of online shopping, and shorter to almost no times of doing a gratifying action. Think about it. Consider like 40 years ago. If you wanted food for dinner and you were going to actually go and buy food for dinner, you'd have to decide to. You'd have to get ready to leave the house. And it depends on 40 years or, or more. You may challenge your outfit for leaving the house. You may then have to take bags with you. You know, you couldn't just get a bag at a shop, drive or walk or a bus. How are you going to get to the shop? Then you need to locate in the shop what you wanted. Then you'd have to have cash on hand or you would have to have gone to the bank beforehand to get the money to pay for the goods that you wanted. Then you would have had to use cash and you'd have had the change counted back to you. Then you would have had to pack your food and walk or drive home. Then you would have had to go home and unpack it, whether you had a larder or even if you had a fridge or freezer. And you'd have to be careful. You'd unload it slightly differently because your perishables would be placed different places, again, for a larder, fridge or freezer. And then you may get used to cooking. And the cooking process itself may have taken 10 to 15 minutes to prep it. Then you may have taken half an hour to 40 minutes to cook it. Consider the world right now. I want some dinner. Let's pick up my phone and look at an app. What's the nearest and quickest option that I can get dinner here in my belly as such in half an hour time frame, if not under? Hit pay. Don't you have to add my details because the payment details are already saved online. The food arrives and you eat it. Now, I'm kind of making that a much shorter exercise, but you kind of get my point. We are so used to instant gratification. And if you're wondering right now, why do we crave short-term instant gratification rather than delaying the long-term legacy building that I know you want, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast? Well, psychologist Hesmat in 2016, he actually postulates why. And there's a number of different reasons. The first one can be self-denial. So the desire to actually avoid or delay, let's say, the the pleasure that you want. And that can go against your natural instincts. Think about it. Just an example right now. 
Think of the self-denial to say, I don't want that snack. I don't want whatever it is I want because it goes against my long-term health goals. Another reason we can is uncertainty. Now, I've seen this with my clients, especially during and post-pandemic. We are less sure of the reliability of others and the future. You may be experiencing this when you even plan goals in your business. At one point in time, you are happy to place goals and just create them from your mind and write them down because you kind of knew that all you had to do is hard work and you might get there. Whereas now, post-pandemic, the uncertainty of what's going to happen at any point in time in the world can lead you to craving certainty. And it can cause us to, to value less beneficial things which have certainty more than delaying the gratification. Unfortunately, age is one of these. Younger people have a tendency to be more impulsive. And the older we get, we are better equipped to actually delaying our urges, whatever those urges may be. Imagination. I love this one because this is the work that I do with my clients. And imagination is a skill. If you were ever told at school on any kind of report anywhere by a teacher, yada yada would be great if they stopped daydreaming. If you have ever heard that in your life, I want to celebrate you because you have a good imagination and it is a skill and it's a superpower. In order to choose delayed gratification rather than instant gratification, you require the ability to imagine your desired future state with such a strong emotion that it outweighs your current desired pleasure state. Let's put that in non-fancy language. If you can imagine what it is that you want in a desired future with such strong emotion, it will override the impulse for the immediate gratification. Next one, emotion emotion regulation. Now, we all have differences when it comes to emotion regulation. And this impacts our tendency towards instant versus delayed gratification. The higher emotive distress you are in, it can make you lean towards anything that improves your mood. So if you've ever found yourself in high emotive distress, you may have reached towards food or drink or to do something or buy or shop or to do something else because in that immediacy you've alleviated your emotional distress next one is anticipation see generally as humans we're kind of pretty simple sometimes we like to anticipate the positive things and we dislike to anticipate the negative things which means that it can lead us to decisions to put things off or to engage in them quickly because we don't want prolonged discomfort. Now, think of these six things I've just said in terms of building a legacy rather than instant gratification. Where in your life, as you create your legacy right now, have you engaged in self-denial on the road to legacy building rather than sought instant pleasure? Or better yet, as you are building your legacy, where have you looked into engaging in instant gratification? As the uncertainty of building your legacy, whether you can or can't do it, even during or post-pandemic, seems to be too high. 
Where have you indulged your impulsive tendencies, which are in conflict with your legacy you proclaim to want to build? So where has the impulse overridden the legacy? Do you know and can you feel into the legacy that you are building in your imagination? If I asked you right now, can you in vivid technicolor explain the legacy that you are trying to create? Or does it feel like it's at the end of your fingertips, like it's distant and abstract and it just doesn't feel like you can see and be in it? And if you are building your dream legacy right now, how are you regulating emotionally when the bumps in the road happen? Do they derail you from your legacy? Or do you have techniques or emotive regulation that separate you from your legacy to alleviate some of that emotional distress without derailing you? Are you exciting? And are you excited, sorry, about the anticipation of creating your legacy? So I'm so excited, I can't even say it right now. But are you excited about creating your legacy? By the way, if the answer to that one is no, check in right now. Is this your legacy you're building? Or are you creating a legacy for somebody else? For family or friends or parents or because you should? It's a little hint here. Your legacy that you are looking to build should seem exciting to you and nervous and scary, but there should be exciting in there. All of these are so interesting, aren't they, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear your answers. And coming back to the property renovations that I was talking about, you will know this if you've ever done or ever renovated any property at all. It certainly isn't instant gratification process. I'd probably estimate that 85% of a property renovation feels like discomfort. It feels like uncertainty and it requires self-denial. Anyone who's ever done property renovation here knows that you will pull down something down on a wall like wallpaper or plaster. You have no clue what you're going to find behind it. And normally it's something that you didn't actually anticipate. Because it gets messy before the beauty within is revealed. And with property renovation, it is only that last 15% that can show the years, the years, the years, the years of hard work. And you finally get your delayed gratification. I want you to take a moment and think about how much instant gratification and pleasure are derailing you from your legacy and how much they are providing to be the subject of frustration in your life that actually may be manifesting in your present day. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know of someone who would benefit from building, listening to Wielding Legacy here, then do invite them along to listen with me. And when you're ready to explore your legacy, your success and your impact on the world, there is two ways to start working with me. If you are looking to creating a highly, hugely impactful legacy, my one-to-one success, success coaching will change everything for you. Or if you're a coach, mentor or consultant, a private accelerated day with 30 days of support can be the ideal tonic to kickstart your legacy creation.